From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. Not only did we win today, it's over. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. 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 Wow, you okay over there? (laughs) (laughs) The pre-show deflemming didn't go as well as it's supposed to. We have a uh, medical professional in here that deflemmed her. Live from Studio C. Oh, oh, C, senor. A, a dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. Hey, y'all. Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Not Joe Biden. Not Joe Biden? Not Joe Biden is our general manager. Now why do you say that? He's a doddering old fool. Wow. Okay. That's, that's one that's one analysis interpretation, he's, apparently. He's not going to be the president of your local Kiwanis club. Because? He's a doddering old fool. Oh, you already said <laughs> But I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. <laughs> I think one of our emailers put it best. And we'll get to the whole thing in mailbag. But he said... The key to Joe Biden, listening to Joe Biden, is syllables. Some extra, some missing, some random. <laughs> That's a pretty good description. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. 
You know, being glib is not uh, certainly the most important quality of being a president. Maybe How about it's not being even... coherent. Well, that, well, well said. I don't. I didn't think it was that bad for Joe Biden, but um, I was just listening to uh, Morning Joe on MSNBC. That's the Democrat channel, so I'm always interested in what they thought because it's their politics. And um, and Joe Scarborough said, I think it's time we 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 take a we, we take a step back and say, are we judging Joe Biden on a curve? Would we treat somebody else differently? who struggles so much to find the right word, jumbles their sentences so much, stops in the middle of points. Right. I don't think it makes him a bad guy. Yeah, I'm not sure that makes sense anyway, because that's the way we judge all human beings. You you judge them by their whole everything. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, if people feel like his whole everything overcomes the fact that his sentences meander around, then... Sure enough, yeah, Trump's a, a bit of an odd uh, linguist himself. Boy, in a different sort of way, though. Yeah. Different sort of way. Wow. Yeah. Well, we could replay uh, Biden's opening statement later, and it it alone was just... It was a nice old fella. Yeah. So, we, you know, and it's similar to yesterday, we got to figure out how, how much do we want to talk about impeachment? How much do we want to talk about the debates? I'm, I'm guessing the ratings for the debates were low. That was hours 15 and 16? Of Democrat debates, I think there have been 14 hours so far. That's quite a few. Plenty. Yeah. yeah. Um, they continue to tell America, look, we aren't going to try to decide this on the stage, so quit acting like we are. <laughs> We're just going to make kind of our statements that you hear every day, so don't get all excited. They continue to tell us that, mm-hmm. and we continue to ignore them and think something different's going to happen. So... You gotta love Joe Biden's quote, though, about domestic violence. I mean, that, <clears throat> that was one of the all-time moments. <laughs> you got to keep punching it and punching it and punching it. Right. <laughs> Jeez! That may have been the worst moment ever. <laughs> I apologize for that. <laughs> we got to play that. That was pretty funny. That one made me laugh out loud. I had to play that one a couple of times. Oh, yeah. That, that is in the top five all-time debate moments. <laughs> Well, Glad he told, wasn't talking about rape or something. <laughs> what would he say? If, if punching is the way you stop domestic violence, how do you stop rape? Sheemany. Joe Biden, tell us. It's weird, man. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable, and I brought it up with that topic. Yeah, anyway, so we got we we'll get into that. We we got plenty of other stuff too. So, oh yeah, I I hope to God we got other stuff. I am so disappointed. I was going to stick my neck way out on a hot topic in America, but um, it came to a resolution uh, before I'd expected it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It was. A, I was going to call fake racism on the Syracuse University situation. I don't know if you've heard about. I that. have not. Uh, well, I'll explain it. But it got called out before you had a yeah, chance. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, <clears throat> the process continues. Uh, nonetheless. Uh, we have an absolutely charming interview with the head kid of the student newspaper who may become king of the snowflakes. Oh, really? Oh, I my want to hear gosh. That. Oh, it is that. so precious. By the way, another day of impeachment hearings beginning, and uh, we'll bring you highlights throughout the day. So uh, that's the way that goes. Uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. I watched some of the debate, but I lost interest. You I didn't wait- miss anything. Well, I was waiting for the birthday party to come out. You know, <laughs> cake, mm-hmm. 
the paper hats, the parents sitting there through the games. Um, none of that happened for Joe Biden, so I just lost interest and <laughs> changed channels. Well, you didn't miss anything because for whatever reason, and I well, maybe I'll ask Lonnie Chen this when we talk to him tomorrow or Friday, um, not, uh, but I want to know from somebody who does this, if you're behind and a guy's ahead of you, why don't you criticize that person? Why don't you try to take apart their policies and explain how yours is better? Why would you just stand down there at 2% and let yourself lose? This is my big shot. This is one of my shots to actually move the needle. And I'm, I'm not even going to try. Why? I don't it's, understand it's so strange. it. I, don't, I can't imagine. Asking Lon He, I think, is a great idea because I can't imagine. What? Why are you even running if you're not going to stand up there and say, look, her policies can't happen, won't happen, and would doom America if they did. Right. Why wouldn't you say that if you're at 3%? You're hoping it would be Secretary of the Interior or something like that. But well, then it's Lindsey all Graham said withering things about Trump, and now they're buds. I mean, that's how politics is. Yeah, if that's the case, then the whole thing's a farce. If they're all up there just, uh, uh, dumb, um, what do you call it, interviewing, displaying their talents to be in somebody's cabinet, well, then quit calling it a debate or whatever the hell it is. Of course, it's not a debate anyway. But right. Good right. God! Mayor Pete's up there ten points ahead in Iowa and New Hampshire. Nobody had anything to say about him. What is that? It's not the way I would approach it, but... Yeah, I know. Uh, there's, boring. There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Got to pull back the curtains a little bit. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but typically... After the show, every show, I send out an email to all of my supporters asking for donations to, to the Sean Thomas Fund. Right. I have, I'm getting word that today's email went out already. I am not currently <laughs> leaving the show. I understand that the show has not yet happened. Uh, that was a clerical error. I am working on figuring out uh, who was behind that, but uh, we, will, we will work on getting that. So, so you, uh, the supporters of Positive, Positive Sean, may once again Venmo me money if you like what I bring. So if you don't get the joke, one of the greatest <laughs> on-brand gaffes. In political history happened yesterday when Joe Biden's campaign sent out his thank you for watching the debate letter. I'm leaving the debate now. It, it, it hasn't begun. I hope I hope <laughs> I made you proud, it said, uh, two hours before the debate started. Now, oh. I'm sure he's not the guy who presses send on the debates, but it's just such an on-brand move for his campaign. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, No, he's not in charge of social media. But it just seemed it's like... It's hilarious, though. It's as if he wandered off. It just seemed like something an old man would do. <laughs> I don't know if he's in charge of preparing his own meals at this point. Oh, now that's unfair. That's very Pure and simple. Yeah, who puts on his socks? We don't know that. Uh, There's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I got to tell you, I am doing very, very well with a final Armstrong and Getty 2020 campaign death pool update. That's right. Ladies and germs. Yes, indeed. The contest is over. We have a winner. Is it, it me? Did I win? It is I, Marshall Phillips, who takes the stakes after the last of my three picks suspends his campaign. Wayne Messam has suspended his 2020 presidential campaign. Wait, Bye-bye. Wayne Messam? <laughs> yes, indeed. The Florida mayor. <laughs> I, I believe he was the cause of us uh, discussing that we need to change the rules if we ever do this again. Yeah. Because... In what way was he running? I felt he you had already won, Marshall, but it's yes. official now as he's suspended his campaign. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm so upset. <laughs> Hilarious. It was a fine run. Well, you know what? He uh, he made as many inroads against the leaders as some of those other candidates yes. did on the stage last night. Very they, true. they made no effort. 
Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. Hey, on this, what does yep. Marshall win? By the way, the stakes are stakes. Yeah, yeah. So we got to figure it out. I don't know. Maybe some nice, uh, juicy uh, uh, tri tips yeah. or I don't know, big old T bone, whatever you choose. Nice. Safeway. Didn't mess him dollar a pound. <laughs> oh boy. Didn't mess him uh, earn five dollars in donations. Yes. Yeah. In the How final about five dollar meat then. <laughs> and the hey. final quarter me- quarter mess him raised hey. five bucks, which might have something to do with him suspending his campaign. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who donated it. We ought to find that person and interview them. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, on this day, Thursday, November 21st, the year 2019, we Armstrong and Getting, we approve of this program. Here we go, officially now, according to FCC rules and regs at Mark. of which appeared to be what was allegedly on the president's prep pad. Is he, what, was he talking outside the... Uh, so a picture went viral. Somebody, somebody zoomed in on uh, Trump's notes yesterday, and those were the lyrics to those notes yesterday. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no big grove. Would you like to hear those words as a Morrissey song instead of a Ramon song? Oh, boy. Oh, sure. I want nothing. It's really good. It's as boring as his actual music. So when does it end? Now, are there more? Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> the only two I found so far. We'll make comments on that later. What are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Well, it's the last day of the public impeachment inquiry after yesterday's fireworks. The Dems debate the highlights, the delight will be coming up, and a new weapon in the battle against ADHD. Very interesting development. Okay. Uh, how's mailbag look? Oh, it's very good. We have a number of people weighing in on the should we retire Squawky question. Mm, okay. Squawky, the eagle that was hurting somebody's ears. Yes, a uh, vet with PTSD. Well, his the screechy sound was incredibly uh, disturbing to him. To the extent that there are any, we'll hit you with some key moments from the debates. It's it's arguable there aren't any. Oh, right. There was some fun stuff, I guess. Yeah, there's stuff rambling we, old Joe. There's yeah. stuff we can talk about, but anything that's going to change the, the, the polls or matter historically over time, definitely not. Sometimes <laughs> what doesn't happen is the big story, too. Oh, yeah. boy. What didn't happen? The dog that didn't bark. Oh, Joe's blown my mind. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty Show. On the impeachment hearings yesterday, the Democrats had a good morning. The Republicans had a strong afternoon. I just don't know how much uh, coverage that got. I, I, I'm, the headlines for the day might have been already been baked in for a lot of people. Yeah. Before the Republicans had a chance to pick apart that opening statement, and they did. Mm-hmm. So we'll uh, bring you up to speed on what happened in what I've begun calling the Obscure Diplomat Dog Show. <laughs> We have a couple of uh, more breeds to showcase uh, today, as I understand it. Mailbag. 
At Jack's request, uh, we're featuring freedom-loving quotes of the day from Richard M. Nixon <laughs> during these so-called impeachment hearings. He was uh, evidently in a speech in which he just addressed foreign policy. At home, we must reject the mistaken notion, a notion that has dominated too much of the public dialogue for too long, that ever bigger government is the answer to every problem. The great Richard Nixon. You know, it's fascinating <laughs> watching the debate last night. Bill Clinton ran on the end of the, the era of big government is over. Yep. That's what Bill Clinton one of the most popular Democrats in the history of the party got elected on. No chance you even get on the stage with that now. Yeah. Hell of a popular president, period, really. What was his approval rating on the way out? It was quite high. It's like 60% or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on the topic of Squawky the Eagle, we received a handwritten letter from a combat veteran, Marine, who said it was really, uh, I, you know, I, I am so disgusted by this term, from snowflakes on college campuses, I hesitate to use it, but I think it's appropriate in this time uh, or in this context. It's it's triggering for him. It's, it it freaks him out and people with PTSD, et cetera, et cetera. And we certainly want to respect that. Uh, many opinions poured in. Sean says, uh, I just want to say the screech of Marshall's Eagle is absolutely brutal on the eardrums. I know Marshall loves hitting that button, but unless you're ready at the volume control to lower the sound, it's very high-pitched and painful on the ears. All right, so there's a vote for retiring so, Squawky or at least turning him down. Well, yeah, how, how about instead of the volume as much, uh, Hanson, executive producer, can you can you just roll off the treble on that dang thing? Re-EQ it? Maybe that would help. How about this from uh, Frank? Uh, that whole Squawky, I know I could do without it. I myself change the station when I know Squawky is next up. Why don't you just turn down the volume? Yeah. Yeah, well, whatever you do, that's fine with me. <laughs> uh, let's see. Hello, friends. <clears throat> I'm an Army combat veteran, writes Paul. It's been blown up, rocketed, seen people killed, wounded, other, and I nor any of my friends from deployment have any issues whatsoever with the sounds on the show. The only issue I have is that the eagle doesn't sound like a real eagle, which sounds more like a seagull. Well, that, you know, we thought that was our original idea to, to it's a red-tailed hawk, right? It sounds like an eagle ought to sound like, because right. a bald eagle sounds like a freaking pigeon. It's, it's, it's a ridiculous... <laughs> And, and Joe appears to be mad about it, that. It's, it's no voice for a national bird. <laughs> uh, then it turns out that uh, movies use it all the time, a red-tailed hawk instead of an eagle, because they sound so wimpy. Anyway, perhaps play that to appease the probably Fobbit complainant. Keep it up. Love you guys. I had to look up Fobbit. That's somebody who's safe and sound at a forward operating base. I don't think that's the case, and I see no need to disparage anybody. Um, let's uh, let everybody keep cool. You know who likes disparaging military people? <clears throat> Other military people. Yeah, I know it. I know it. It's <laughs> but like, they uh, get to. So, yeah. Let freedom squawk. Writes Tom. I'm a retired marine. Four combat tours in Iraq. With regards to squawky, let them squawk away. It's the sound of freedom. <laughs> let freedom squawk. <laughs> if you don't like him, turn your radio down when it gets to that point. And with regards to the impeachment hearings. Uh, uh, we don't want to hear too much about it. You're doing the right thing. Just give us highlights if something changes. Will do. Uh, Theo, beautiful Monterey, California. Hey, guys, maybe it's time to uh, appoint the turkey as the national bird like Benjamin Franklin wanted him to be. Here, here. Con- consider him as the vice national bird, assuming the official A&G duties while Squawky is incapacitated. The turkey. Fine bird. The wild turkey. That's what Ben Franklin wanted. Looks like a damn dinosaur, but 
Uh, Here's the note from Troy. Listening to Joe Biden's like trying to untangle a 30-foot power cord. It's all about syllables. Some extra, some missing, some random. Well said, Troy. we got to play his opening statement just to give you a flavor. Yeah, yeah, let's do that next. Let's not keep the good people waiting. Marshall's News on the way. Stay tuned. What is our saying about introspection? If you don't know what introspection is, you need to take a long, hard look at yourself. I probably took in four hours of impeachment yesterday, running errands and stuff like that. Mm. And then the entire debate, and then the analysis on two different channels. Oh! Is that how you want to spend your life? (laughs) This short little window of time you get on Earth. Is Mm. that how you want to spend it? Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. No, and I didn't. News now, Marshall Phillips. Well, we got a fifth day of public impeachment uh, inquiry getting underway in the House this morning. You got Fiona Hill and David Holmes set to testify before the Intel Committee. I should throw in, uh, in all honesty, I have found I don't think I've ever been bored listening to any of the testimony, which argues against the fact that we're not arrogant. But I really have liked it. I've found it really interesting every single time I've tuned in. Hmm. Um, the debate, no, nah, that was worthless. Yeah. That was time I'll never get back. <laughs> wow. wow. Yesterday, during his opening statement to U.S. Ambassador to the EU, Gordon Sundland uh, shook things up with this comment about trying to tie aid to Ukraine's cooperation in investing the Bidens. Was there a quid pro quo? As I testified previously, with regard to the requested White House call and the White House meeting, the answer is yes. Now, later in the day, though, Sunderland had this heated exchange with Ohio Republican Congressman Mike Turner, who asked him, No one on this planet told you that President Trump was tying aid to investigations. Yes or no? Yes. So, you really have no testimony today that ties President Trump to a scheme to withhold aid from Ukraine in exchange for these investigations. Other than my own presumption. Which is nothing. No, now so, that's dismissive. We should play the long version of that because it's pretty interesting. Because the guy, the guy says it was after break, and he said, our chairman, Adam Schiff, is out there doing a press conference saying, you just said you were told to go send that message. CNN has a headline on there right now. Sondland says president directed him personally. And now you're telling me nobody did. Nobody on the planet told you to do yeah. that. So Schiff is wrong and CNN is wrong. Nice. I thought that was really good stuff. Yeah. And so ABC ended their coverage yesterday with backing to back that and putting those back to back, those clips back to back. Right. Basically saying what Sunland said in his opening statement didn't hold up in the afternoon hmm. upon further questioning. And, the, and then, then the only question at that point is, you know, how much leaked out to people through what headlines? Washington Post went with the headline. Um, I got another one, uh, USA Today. They're going with the headline of, you know, I was directed by the president, President personally directed me to do this, although that was taken apart later in the day, as you just heard. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, it was my presumption. Presumptions aren't worth anything. And he went through, hearsay is this, presumptions are this, and and, uh, it was really good. Mm. You know what the interesting aspect of this is? While I do love a good fight, uh, I think if America became convinced... I think most of America is convinced that the president said, yeah, we'll give up the aid and you can have your your meeting at the White House when you do me a favor and and announce you're going to investigate this stuff. I, I just don't think people will care enough to boot the guy out of the office 
for briefly withholding aid to Ukraine. I think that's undoubtedly true. Um, I, I I am really enjoying the the difference in talent between different Congress people. That matters. Who you've got yeah. on your team. That makes all the difference in the world. All those people up there have the same sets of facts. And they get their five minutes and they handle it completely different. Mm-hmm. And some of them are just come up with, dev- on both sides, some devastating arguments. Really cut through and simplify it. And the other ones just meander around and you can't figure <laughs> out what they're talking about. Right. And they, they score no point. The laboring, obscure points of some meeting. Well, last night, 10 Democratic candidates on stage in Atlanta for their big debate. They went over a lot of familiar ground, blasting uh, President Trump, Medicare for all, the wealth tax, with some twists and turns along the way. Joe Biden getting some unintended laughs when he talked about the best way to deal with violence against women. No man has a right to raise a hand to a woman in anger other than in self-defense, and that's rarely ever occurs. And so we have to just change the culture, period, and keep punching at it and punching at it and punching at it. It will be a big... No, I really mean it. It, it it. It's a gigantic issue. He didn't catch that what Dummy. he did. And, and, none, and none of the other candidates, I mean, they kind of <laughs> chuckled yeah. under their breath, stifled their laughter. Yeah. But, uh, and it's, it's inconsequential, I suppose, overall. Although if he did that, if he said that on stage with Trump next to him, Trump would have said something. Right. right. Joe Biden is a dummy. But if your main issue is you're a doddering old fool and you say something like that, it's just not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody's laughing. He's like, no, I'm serious. No, we don't think you're not. No, you'd never mind. <laughs> you missed the point again, sir. <laughs> never mind, Grandpa. Overall, the candidates didn't really take any big swings and attacks that many had expected on Mayor Pete, who uh, polls show. Is I, now... I don't get it. It makes no sense no. to me. Anyway, Mayor... You don't want to look mean. Mayor okay, Pete... well, then go ahead and lose. <laughs> Feel free to lose, then, if you're not willing to take on the front runners. Mayor Pete is leading by 10 points in Iowa and North Carolina, but he was also ready for any comments about his lack of big government experience. Washington experience is not the only experience that matters. There's more than 100 years of Washington experience on this stage, and where are we right now as a country? I have the experience of bringing people together to get something done. And we got Cory Booker. I thought, I thought uh, Pete's line there in that same segment, yeah. I thought his line about, uh, I know from Washington, D.C., my town in Indiana looks small. Well, Washington, D.C. looks really small from where we stand. Mm-hmm. I thought that yeah. was great. There's a lot of America that nodded their head to that. Yeah. yeah, we ought to grab that clip if we don't have it. It's good. So the thing that didn't happen was the big story, and that's Pete did anything to weaken himself. No, and he, and he get, did get a little heat in an odd way from Tulsi Gabbard. Why Why? Is she? Why is she involved? I know. But, but I thought he it was the first time I've seen him get a little worked up and uh, and get challenged a little bit, and I thought he he, he handled that really well. So um, I thought it was a good night for Mayor Pete. If you're, in, if you're in first place and you don't do any damage, you walk it, nobody took any swings at you, you got to walk out of there happy. Well, there's taking hacks at Biden. Mostly Cory right. Booker with the zinger of the night. Right. Do we have Cory Booker's zinger? Corey oh, Booker? it was a good zinger. <laughs> Making sure he got noticed when he went after Biden for his statement on decriminalizing marijuana. This week I hear him literally say that I don't think we should legalize marijuana. I, 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 I thought you might have been high when you said it. And, and let me tell you what, because, because marijuana, marijuana, marijuana in our country is already legal for privileged people. 
I tell you what, he was irrelevant in the race, but then he got off that zinger. And he's still irrelevant. Go away, Cory Booker. <laughs> he's not even on the next debate stage. I'll tell you, it became clear to me, he was trying to make the point subtly, maybe too subtly, whoever's winning, you need a black candidate on the ticket. Mm. Yeah, and particularly Mayor Pete. I think that's who he was talking about when he, when he talked about people you know, not speaking to the black community. You're not reaching them. You need to find a way to reach them. I think he's saying, you, you me and you, you traveling you around say, with me. I'm d- down with the gay thing. I'm, I'm a black guy. Of course, you. I got all sorts of zingers ready to go. <laughs> of course, you're black, Cory Booker, and you're polling at 4% among blacks. So, uh, that, I'm not sure that helps a lot. Um, I had one more point. What was my other point? So, I thought Cory Booker was running for a vice president of something. Uh, oh! And I tweeted this out early. I, and again, I don't get what they're up to. Kamala Harris really brought it when she had the chance against Tulsi Gabbard. Called her out and I said, boy, oh, the, yeah. the 2% candidates really just try to drive the 1% candidate off the stage. <laughs> well, what is the strategy there? Personal beef. <laughs> She's pissed at her because she uh, landed a blow, what, eight weeks ago? <laughs> Anyway, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show. The conscience of the nation is squawky, still muzzled? Yes. All right. There you go, the Liberty Bell. Michael snuck into Freedom Hall at midnight one night and actually whacked it with a hammer and recorded it. To a small uh, amount in their defense, as you said two days ago, what do you go after Mayor Pete on? He's a little hard to swing at. Um How did nobody take apart Elizabeth Warren, the fact that she is completely flip-flop, backtrack, changed her Medicare for all position, just completely disemboweled it. And everybody just let her stand up there and, and be completely different than she has been all the other debates. That's the opposite of what you said every debate I've been up here on the stage with you, Elizabeth. What Whoa. is your story? What are you going to be next time? Yeah. I mean, nobody. Well, whatever. I, I wonder if the, the, the elders, the party elders have gotten together with everybody and said, listen, let's not hack each other to bits here. Or disemboweled. There's a lot of really gruesome metaphor slinging going on here, but uh, just keep it cool. Tout yourself. Keep it cool. And I wonder if there's some sort of buy-in to that philosophy. Why? That's the only explanation I can come up with, other than, as you say, two percenters attempting to kneecap one percenters. (laughs) The hell? Why don't you you two uh, ladies go backstage and scream at each other for a while and get this out of you? Stop wasting my time. Exactly. I actually I tweeted at one point. I tweeted at one point. I'm going to fast forward through all of Kamala Harris's answers because she's so freaking annoying. Oh yeah, she's the most annoying person on the stage now. Oh yeah, she. Oh god, she's hard to take. When she gets a rolling and her head shaking and she's doing that, I'm lecturing the world thing. Right. Oh, makes me want to leap through the television (laughs) and she laughs at her own jokes and it's just. She's hard to take. Anyway, she ain't going nowhere, so it doesn't make any difference. Go away. No reason to criticize people who have no no chance of being anything. Um. Uh, yeah, we got to move on to other stuff. So I mean, yes. I clear Clearly, my head. Yes, clear my head. Please, can we? Huh? <laughs> I got that Thanksgiving yeah. stuff. We're we're a week away now, right? Yeah. Yes. According to some reports, I ate pie last night at eight o'clock. Oh, just two hours Uh-oh. after my usual Uh-oh. window, and it's pie. <laughs> I mean, is your wife you... testing these pies out for Thanksgiving? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you snuck in a broccoli florette. <laughs> Right before bed. Yeah, exactly. You two outer uh, two hours out of your window is not the headline. I mean, it's a, but you're eating pie. You're pie. standing in the kitchen eating pie oh, straight out of the tin. No. Oh man! Oh no! What a lifestyle is that? You watch de- uh, impeachment hearings and debates and eat pie at night. 
What what is that? What kind of creature is that? I know, a troubled yeah. one. <laughs> You're like uh, Gollum in the Lord of the Rings. It's disgusting, really. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Say that while CBS and NBC are running the impeachment today, ABC is not. So they've decided today. ABC is not. ABC is not. That's interesting. CBS was the early bailer out yeah. the other day. Yeah. Okay. So I've been hearing about this story at Syracuse University. Series of racist incidents and um, Syracuse homeschool of Joe Biden. Oh, there you go. Um, and uh, and I heard a featurette on it on NPR this morning as I was flipping channels, and uh, I was struck by a couple things, including the incredible snowflakiness of the student journalist that's going to be interviewed. Uh, I normally am very gentle with college kids, because even if they're 18 plus, they're still kids, and they're dopes, and I was a dope in college. Uh, but I want to play some of this I'm for you. I'm a dope now. Uh, I want to play some of this for you, and, and we will discuss. Can you tell us what's led to this moment? What are these incidents we're talking about? So exactly two weeks ago, students found racist graffiti against black and Asian people in a dorm building. It took the university four days to officially announce that it happened, um, while students had already heard about it. And ever since then, there's been more reports of racist graffiti. Um, On Saturday, there was fraternity members involved in yelling at the N-word as a black woman on campus. And then on Tuesday, what really pushes into national spotlight was a alleged white supremacist manifesto from the um, shooter in the Christchurch massacre that was supposedly shared to students on campus. Okay, so, so at, this point, want- at this point, I was saying, hmm, this sounds an awful lot like that sort of thing. It, it definitely does. Uh, what's, yeah. what's a manifesto shared with students on campus? It, it was the the guy who shot up the right. uh, the mosque in Christchurch. It was uh, something he'd written or, or believed in or something. Somebody like printed out and was handing out copies? Sent it out electronically. To the kids on their phones. Okay. There's some sort of list. A mass text. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They want to feel like the university actually cares about their safety and making them feel welcome on campus. They want mandatory diversity training for faculty and staff. They want stricter consequences for hate speech and actions like racist graffiti. And they want diversity inclusion to be more than just buzzwords. I got to jump in there just because. There you go. This is when I started (laughs) to not like him. (laughs) it's, 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 It's become so commonplace nobody even blinks an eye anymore. These comments about safety on campuses, yeah, as if campuses are unsafe in any way whatsoever. But people throw it around now regularly, and everybody just accepts it as verbiage. It's weird verbiage. I want students to feel safe. They don't feel safe. Are people being attacked? What oh, are you talking just, about? Just wait. Listen to this guy. Has the university done anything to, to protect students and, and beef up security? Ever since the um, first delayed communication about racist graffiti, the campus police has like been informing us over and over again about different incidents, so it's kind of felt like this just uh, flood of information about um, hate crimes, and the university has beefed up security across campus, the state police are involved, there's just a lot more security around campus now. And the FBI has now gotten involved, what exactly are they looking at? The FBI got involved after the white supremacist manifesto was allegedly spread or shared in an online forum. And they're also investigating an anti-Semitic email sent to a professor on campus that made reference to the Holocaust. And so this forum last night with students and university officials, what was it like in... Go ahead, go ahead, let it roll. With students and university officials, what was it like in, in the room? How tense was it? 
it gave me chills. Um, hundreds of students walked into this huge chapel wearing all black. There was only a few minutes into the forum um, when the chancellor spoke, and he said he couldn't immediately address all their demands. He would have to talk to more people and consider things. And they uh, immediately got up, walked out, and were chanting, resign, sign or resign over and over again. So we should say you're okay. a journalist. So they were so angered by the guy saying, well, we can't implement all of this right now. we got to talk about it and figure it out. Um, that they started chanting at him and walked out the rest of it. Uh, let's get to the part about his feelings. This is so wonderful. It's been draining both physically and emotionally. I haven't been to class in the past two weeks because I'm covering the sit-in nonstop <laughs> or managing my staff's coverage of it. Me and another reporter, um, we heard about um, the swastika written in the snow near a student apartment complex, and we ran down across campus to find it, and it's just really visceral to see a swastika in the snow um, in front of you, knowing that someone did that to be hateful. It's just really <laughs> draining to experience these things and see them firsthand. All right, Buttercup. So, students, uh, is there more, Sean? Where well, he talks and, about. And, well, all right. There's like another 15 seconds. Or yeah, something. go ahead, hit it. Yeah, as there's been more and more incidents, and some people feel like there's been an escalation with this white supremacist manifesto allegedly being shared, um, students have been leaving campus early, people have been afraid to go out at night, to go out alone, no one's really walking around campus anymore at times when it's normally packed, it's just been really hard for everyone. Is this because of the clowns? Oh no, the racists. I <laughs> clowns at the, the edge of the woods. Clowns no, the edge of the woods are the racists. This is the racist manifesto and all the other things. Well, it's a hoax. University officials say the racist manifesto, manifesto was likely a hoax, a hoax rather, and I'm here to tell you, so was the rest of it. Oh, sure. It's just, it's so typical. The, the, the college kids love saying they're afraid. They love feeling afraid. They love getting together with everybody and saying, look how, uh, at the risk we're under. I haven't been to class in two weeks. It's been so draining. Nobody's walking on the campus anymore. It's a well, hoax. If I'm it's paying, obviously a hoax. If I'm paying for college and one of my kids says I haven't been in two weeks because uh, it's unsafe on campus, you better get to class, dude. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, there are crazed white supremacists making swastikas in the snow at, at Syracuse University. Sure there are. It, no, there aren't. It's interesting as I have this text this morning. Ann Coulter attempted to speak at Berkeley last night, UC Berkeley. And here's somebody whose daughter wanted to attend the Ann Coulter talk at Berkeley and was uh, called many uh, inclusive, in quotes, obviously being sarcastic, called many inclusive terms and assaulted. So that's actually not being safe. Yes. Trying to go listen to Ann Coulter speak. You actually aren't safe. You actually will be physically harmed. Right. As opposed to these other weird things where it's words or clothing or whatever that's making you feel unsafe. We got a note about the uh, the head uh, student of the college Republicans that I believe was at Chico State University in uh, in California uh, who was actually assaulted by this activist chick who's been targeting him and harassing him and bullying him actually went to beating on him the other day. But you're not hearing that in the national news. It's just, it's so ridiculous. The FBI thinks that up to five people um, connected with the university are behind all this stuff. It's student activists who just, I want everybody to understand how woke we are and how much we hate racism. Uh, racism. I want everybody to understand how much racism there is, but there's not quite enough, so we'll do some. And, and obviously, as we always say, if you're actually worried about racism, you should hate those kids more than anybody because they made us all cynical about the next time somebody yells racism. Right. 
Extra cynical. I'm already cynical. Right. Um, Hasn't been a class for two weeks. Oh, it for, was very oh draining. Did you hear him say it was draining? Get, get, toughen up, buttercup. Old man Biden on the way. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.